Hey everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. A terrible twosome this week, as young Benny has messaged us just previously saying that the the, the Freya is uh, is having a rough night. So this yeah, is such to be expected yeah. with the with babies and such that plans just get thrown out the window all the time. So. Exactly, exactly. He's doing the noble thing because his message was, I cannot leave my fiance to be or wife to be in in this state. Yes. uh, On on her own dealing with this. So she must be being a right terror at the moment, bless her. So yeah. Goodbye, Benny. We shall see we shall see thee next time. That that won't stop the fun and enjoyment on today's (laughs) podcast. No. We've got lots to talk about. First of all, happy new year to you. And everyone else who's listening. It's 2022, the year of our Lord. And we, we will be having a good 2022. The past two years have been shit. So let's do our best to have a good one this year. Yes. And we're not going to talk about the thing at all. We're just going to talk about no nice things and fun things and interesting things. Which sounds yes. just great, as Tony the Tiger exactly. once said. What was I going to say to you then? I would like to think in the same situation, I would also not be recording, but I just feel if I were to think, well, the boys kind of need me and we've only got one kid, so can you manage for the next hour, Sarah? I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm sure you can cope. Yeah, Yeah, you can do it. It's fine. It's the advantage of having older kids though, isn't it? You you can just go, yeah, you'll be all right. Yeah, that's true, actually. That is true. you, You stick... With with them and just make them watch YouTube while you dab the head with a coal flannel or something. They'll be fine. <laughs> it is the panic yeah, of the it... first child, isn't it? That everything. Uh, oh, is like, exactly. Everything is the end and of the especially world, especially at that age. Yes, it, it is because that child has no way of listening to you when you're telling it to shut up and get <laughs> on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, calming, soothing words don't work yeah. because the child doesn't understand. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How old's Freya? Ten so, yeah, months? Nine months? Yeah, she's not far off being a year. Yeah, Mar- it's April or March, mad. isn't it? Like early April, I think. Yeah, which just shows how long we've been doing this podcast, because oh that was before god. she was born. Oh my god, you're right. You are, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> my um, my best man from my wedding, guys, it's his little boy's first birthday tomorrow, which is cool. Oh. And uh, I'll always remember it, because it is my mum's birthday today. Happy birthday, Mum. I mean, she can't hear me, you know, because she's dead. But, you know, the thought's still there. (laughs) I mean, with you, obviously, the thought isn't there with her. Because, as you say, she is dead. That is true. Yeah, she can't think at all. She can't do anything. She's just a bag of dust. That sounds nice, though. Nothing to worry about bills, you know. Doesn't it? The stress of, like, commuting. Just just sit there in a big jar. It's great. (laughs) At no point ever in the last six years has my mum walked past the door and caught her jacket pocket in the door handle, and it's like yanked her back, and she's gone. Oh, for fuck's exactly. sake! She should never. She's not done that all in the last six years. Yeah, she's not stepped on any Lego. No, nope. you know? she's not had she's... to empty out dirty dish water in the morning because she forgot to wash the dishes the night before, which is gross. None yeah. of that. Oh. God, oh. lucky bitch. Fuck's sake! I know it's appealing, isn't it? <laughs> God, you know, get me one of those. Get me one of those Swiss pods that they've just come up with. <laughs> those <laughs> pods special... are insane. That's forever sleepy time pods forever sleepy time <laughs> I don't know have people in Switzerland not heard of like tall things I mean why do you need a special sleepy pod have they not got no, high you get in one there? of the pods and they push you off the top <laughs> that, that's what I think happens it's just keep all the bits in one place and it you know it saves like having to do a load of mopping afterwards oh I love that so much 
<laughs> that sounds like some kind of skit for a comedy show where some guy is yeah, trying to advertise the special Swiss sleepy pods. Some yep. guy's talking about how he wants to end himself and he just climbs into it then gets thrown off a bridge or something. <laughs> yeah, thrown off a bridge, laid in front of a train track, yeah. uh, stuck in a garage with a car exhaust being plugged into it. That's okay. <laughs> That'll be the ultimate. Some guy's going to buy one yeah. of the Swiss sleepy pods and then leave it in a garage just slightly ajar with the engine well, running that, on his that car. That is essentially what it is though the the sleep yeah, so, yeah, pod you're right. yeah, has you're right. gas in it and the whole point of you being in the pod is so you don't do the reflex reaction of pulling a mask off your face to breathe because yes. there is no mask yeah, yeah the mask is all around you yeah but what they should do is put them on wheels and then you can just go around and like self-isolate you don't need to activate the sleepy gas you can just like go around with fresh piped oxygen going in, do your shopping, come back, and you don't have to have the accidental sleepy time of catching a, a terrible illness off someone else because they're not wearing a mask. Fair point, fair point. Interestingly, three dads, three very different scenarios. Kind of a bit bummed Benny isn't here because we all would have had three very different Christmases. Because yes. obviously, yeah, we all know you single dad, three kids, different stages of visitation and all that kind of thing. My daughter's now at the yeah. point where she knows everything about Santa, so this was her first Christmas without kind of the wonderment of Santa. Even though we still had to make a plate of food for Santa, which I just thought yeah. was weird. She said, "Oh, can we still make a plate of food?" <laughs> I said, uh, "Yeah, sure." That is cute. So that is my to... favorite bit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was scoffing a mince pie at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> on oh, Christmas fantastic. Eve night, which was great because I love mince pies. <laughs> And then, like, trying to break off carrots in a, in a way that a reindeer would break them off if it was eating them. But yeah. It was kind of weird. Anyway, how was your Christmas, mate? How was it for a, a single dad with three uh, kids? Oh, mate, single dad Christmas is a fucking ball Like It really is. My, my elder kids, I was due to have all the kids on Christmas afternoon. But my elder two kids asked... Can we just come around on Boxing Day? Because they had the promise of like a big family Christmas with their mum's side of the family, like their aunt, their grandma, and all the cousins and everything. And I thought, yeah, you know what? That that's that's a good thing that you're missing out on now because I'm single and can't offer that. So yeah, yeah, of course, I'll take the emotional hit. And then their mum gets COVID a couple of days before Christmas, so the week leading up to Christmas. And of course, because they're in close proximity, the rest of the family have gone, no, it's probably not a good idea that you come round. So they did something on New Year's Eve instead. So they stayed with their mum on Christmas still. They still didn't come round, because obviously their mum was ill. I didn't want to spend Christmas on, all day Christmas on her own. So I said, yeah, we'll just go by the normal plans. So that was a bit of a downer, not seeing all the kids on Christmas Day. But made the best of it. Me and my youngest, we had a nice Christmas, like, afternoon. But waking up on your own in an empty house on Christmas morning is always going to be shit. So I didn't like that. It is what it is. It's the second time that's happened, you know, since me and my ex-wife separated. So it's it gets a bit easier every time. The rest of Christmas, though, was nice. You know, I had the kids for a full week because obviously they're off school for that week after Christmas, leading up to New Year's Eve. And yeah, I had a great time. Thank you very much. How about yours? Ours was okay. Same thing. We had a, we had a COVID Christmas. So from the day after Boxing Day till I think two days ago or a day ago. I can't remember now. Yeah, we were just locked in the house completely because uh, Sarah yeah. and Georgia were both positive. So that was fine. 
but uh, on the earlier than that, yeah, regular Christmas Day with Georgia. I, I think I've mentioned this before to everybody, but Georgia is the the only child in the entire family. So mm. my dad, uh, obviously I've not got any brothers or sisters. My dad, well, I don't want to say remarried because he never got married, but his they're basically married because they've been together for 30 years or something. But yeah. they've never had kids. Sarah's got two sisters. They've not got kids. So George is the only kid. So to say she gets spoiled at Christmas would be an understatement. I wouldn't even, (laughs) I'm not even going to tell you what she got because it would just make people angry. And it it, it sometimes annoys me and it's my daughter and I love her to death, but I have to bite my tongue over Christmas and just be (laughs) like, all right, this is kind of stupid now. I mean, she's got way too much stuff because, and then all the stuff comes here and then it takes us two days to tidy the house and we end up throwing half the stuff away that we got last year because it's either like if yeah. it's clothes, it's too small or games, we don't play them or I think they just yeah. like buying her stuff. But like we've said before, it's kind of a, how can you be annoyed at people who want to do nice things for her? Do you know what I mean? It's just exactly. that kind of, exactly. you then struggle with that knowledge of, you then struggle with that knowledge of kind of, is it something she expects all the time? I don't think she does. But you know when you kind of get to seventeen, eighteen, and it's just kind of well, there's just a bit of money, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and you know, yeah, when when that shit starts running out, the big presents and stuff, and then they go, oh, what can we get? Socks and smellies, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because because that that kind of happened to me, not because I was on, the only child, but I think my my mum spoiled me rotten because I was her only child and she was a single parent uh, and. That like her brothers and sisters did, and you know people on my dad's side of the family who are still in touch with did, and like I I will say that like I recognise that now as I was quite spoiled with like board games, books, video games, that kind of thing, everything to keep me entertained, and it was probably a bit too much. So I try and limit that with my kids, but they get the advantage now of having two Christmases. So despite me going, you know what, I'm not going to spoil you. I limit their budget to like £100. Maybe I'll go slightly over, but I mean, that's quite a big chunk of money when you've got three kids. Uh, £100 each. But they also get then get that same amount of money, if not more, off their mums as well. So it they do get quite a bit for Christmas. And especially with Daisy, because again, she's like the youngest in the family and on a mum's side she's like the her grand's only grandchild that kind of thing she gets spoiled rotten on that side as well so she got yeah. shitloads this christmas uh off off everyone and again i try to limit it my eldest though she she's been a real weird one to buy for because she's 13 and she's like finding herself and her own interests she asked for a poster a cork board like one of those memo boards made out of cork yeah. and some Funko Pops and some LED lights. And and that's it, basically. So I've, I've like, expanded on that by getting her some gift cards for, like, clothes and some perfume and stuff. But it's like when you have to buy your eldest child stationery because that's all she really wants. It's, <laughs> it's a weird Christmas. I know. I guess it's, it is weird for us parents, and it's hard for us parents as well because, like, the joy on their face when they don't expect... The kind of that present, and there's a present that they open and go, "Oh my god, I love it!" And there's that kind of you do lose that a little bit because then they start saying, "Oh, can you get me this? I, I actually want this." So you do, yeah. So there's no surprise or shock or 
the excitement of scrambling open presents and squealing with joy because you've got that thing you didn't think you were going to get or didn't know you were going to get. Yeah. But I guess that's how Although, we're, we're cross to bear as parents. My eldest, she burst into tears when she saw one of her presents. She, she opened this poster and it was Archer, the uh, the cartoon like adult animated series. Oh, yeah. And it's just a picture of Archer and a character called Lana, like his love interest throughout the show, together in action poses. Uh, and it's a really nice one. We got it from Etsy. But she got it, and she loved it so much, she just burst into tears, which I'd never seen her be so thankful for a gift that she's burst into tears, even when she was, like, the only grandchild in the family and she was spoilt rotten. It it was fantastic to actually see that response. And I think now it's made me realise she is at the age now where she'll appreciate things because they are... As she said to me afterwards, it's a recognition that I, as the dad understand and appreciate what she likes and that really touched me is like Mate, she amazing. loves this show and she was overwhelmed by emotion because i know that and i got her something to reflect her interest wow that's like, amazing oh, dude yeah like that is that dad is points deep. all the way hell yeah <laughs> that's excellent oh that's yeah so but good, one thing so i've good. noticed this christmas is and i'm sure i've talked about it before but i do the whole thing about santa completely wrong and different to everyone else. I'm sure I mentioned it before that I, I do it so that Santa is the the delivery man. He delivers all of the presents. They're all made up in the North Pole, right? And you you choose what you want and you write to Santa and you say, that's what I want. I give him the money, <laughs> basically, and he then constructs them or gets them from his warehouse and delivers them on Christmas night. But what I've realised, and this is because Daisy, when she was opening a presents, kept saying, well, where's the one from Santa? Is that people do it, and I'm sure this is probably the majority of people do it, where the majority of presents are just from mum, dad, gran, and it's just a representation of, I have directly bought this and given it to you. But Santa delivers one. Santa yeah. delivers a one special present. And that's really blown my mind because I don't remember that being that way when I was a kid. So I, I've been brought up wrong, I think. <laughs> and now it's caused conflict and confusion and a possible recognition that actually the whole Santa thing is a myth to my youngest child. And that that worried me. So I had to basically uh, lie and say, oh, well, no, this one's from Santa. I don't recognise that one. After she opened it. <laughs> Just to kind of reinforce that belief. And now next year, I've got to do that to try and make her potential last Christmas nice. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's funny. I think it's funny that the Santa thing hasn't waned or, I don't want to say died out, but, you know, kind of disappeared. It's still incredibly strong and there, and we still go with it. I don't... Yeah. it's, It's very rare that there isn't some sort of magical properties around this figure we call Father Christmas or Santa Claus, and he has something to do with Christmas. Nobody ever just... Nobody's taken that plunge yet of when their kid's three years old saying, well, no, we're not doing Santa. Like, that's not... It's not happening at all. I think everyone just kind of... That's it. It's it's interesting that everyone still gets kind of swept up in it. It's such a cultural thing, though. It's so embedded in the culture. The imagery, the stories, the cartoons, TV shows, books, everything like that, that... Even if you did teach your kid that way and grew them up that way, never even mentioned Santa, they would fully know and understand what Santa is. Yeah, just true. through osmosis, basically. 
Yeah, there's there's something I was looking at. Let me see if I can find it. I'm not going to be able to find it. But basically, he brought some kids back to life in in a cauldron. (laughs) Oh, here it is. (laughs) Yeah, this is... During a terrible famine, a malicious butcher lured three little children into his house, where he killed them, planning to sell them off as ham. He placed their remains in a barrel to cure. St. Nicholas, visiting the region to care for the hungry, saw through the butcher's lies and resurrected pickled children by making the sign of the cross. Pickled children. <laughs> right, so this is Santa. Pickled children. Oh <laughs> pickled children. Basically, he went and resurrected these child out, children out of brine, like gherkins, with arms and legs and heads. And brought them back to life just by doing the sign of the cross. So the spectacles, testicles, wallet and watch, but up in the air. And he brought them back to life. And this is why Santa Claus is so great with kids. Obviously, he can find out if you've murdered a child. He knows if you've been naughty. (laughs) (laughs) He knows if you've been nice. He knows if you're keeping three children in a pickle barrel in your garden. (laughs) And he can bring them back to life. That's how the 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 song should go. It's like something like Hannibal or something. Jesus. Like the children in a pickle barrel outside. Are they? Oh my God. Did Santa <laughs> burst in with a shotgun? Where are the kids? <laughs> <laughs> They're not here. Well, I've seen through your lies. Sign of cross. And he yeah. does it quickly and the kids just like burst out of the barrel, gasping Jesus. prayer. There's an, anim- there's an anime in there somewhere, you know, don't you? There's an anime in there somewhere. <laughs> But yeah, on, and, is it Crunchyroll, the anime survey? <laughs> it would probably yeah. Crunchyroll. I'll write to you then. It'll be on Did Crunchyroll you know? before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh it, it blew my mind that this is what all of these myths and stories and this nice happy feeling are based on. It is an actual person who has is a saint, so has recorded miracles according to the Catholic Church. And one of those miracles is the resurrection of pickled children. <laughs> To be fair, in the in the league table of miracles, resurrecting dead pickle children must be quite near the top. I think. I would say so. Yeah, I, d- I don't see. I mean, he's obviously he's tapped into the speed force. That's one of the miracles. <laughs> yeah. So much like the Flash, like Barry Allen, he can Barry Allen, yeah. zoom around the world in one go. Uh, well, either he's tapped into the speed force or his reindeer are. But obviously, he's very resilient. He can withstand high G-forces. And I was going to say, moving. yeah, it has to be him because he's moving at the speed of light. So yeah, he's got to have but something. Maybe that, he's got regenerative powers or something like a Wolverine. He must do. He must do. He's just near indestructible. Hmm. And uh, obviously, the reindeer are as well. So maybe he's like transfused some of his miraculous blood into the reindeers. And it's that's like giving a- them a... A bit of his power. <laughs> it's like Lance Armstrong with his uh, with his blood doping. It's like yeah. <laughs> Father Christmas is lying on a gurney with a syringe, with a thing in his arm, just like draining yeah. blood out of him. And then there's like seven reindeer next to him, and it's all draining into them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my God. And, and obviously being used as a varnish to coat his sleigh as well, because that also <laughs> it's just wood. That oh, would just course, splinter yeah. and disintegrate at those speeds. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe so yeah, that's one fire. of his other miracles. Yeah, what do it just like the Challenger uh, disaster? That's all we'd see of Santa. <laughs> it's, it's just somewhere over the North Pole. Oh my God! <laughs> Challenger 
Oh god, that's so dark. That's so, so dark. So yeah, these are the things I think about uh. when I'm on my own on Christmas morning, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the best time. Oh dearie me. Another challenger. Fucking hell, that got me. So <laughs> Yes. I went round to see um Sarah's folks before Christmas. I can't remember why now, but I was talking to Sarah's dad. Because Sarah's dad's a big fan of The Apprentice. And I haven't okay. watched it for God knows how long. I mean, years and years and years. But Sarah's dad likes it, and he was watching The Australian Apprentice. And he asked me about influencers, because there was an, a person on The Australian Apprentice whose job was listed as an influencer. Okay. And we got into a big discussion about what is a real job or what's not a real job. And I was saying to him that you need to understand that influencers, it's it's basically just being people paid for advertising. So back in the day, Shane Ritchie would go over people's doorstep with a Daz doorstep challenge. Daz would give yeah. 100 grand a year and he'd sell Daz. I said it's the same yeah. thing, but on <laughs> social media. Yeah. It's the same thing, but on social media. So somebody pays, yeah. I can't remember who I said. I didn't say Kim Kardashian because he's no idea who that is. I can't remember who I said, but somebody he would, probably a footballer, I think. I, said, I think I said Ronaldo. Yeah. Ronaldo says, oh, I use these headphones. They're really good. And there, there is like statistical data to then show that, oh, because Ronaldo's advertised this thing, the price, like the, the sales of that thing then will skyrocket because he said he, yeah. wear, you know, he uses it or wears it. But he couldn't understand that that was an actual job, that yes. you could do yeah. that. And then it led into, because Georgia always watches YouTube when she goes around to, to their house, and I say like I said to him, I said, "Well, it's the same as you know people on YouTube or Twitch or whatever." And then I had to explain to him what Twitch was, but yeah, I said it's the same as that. I said, "I said, do you have any idea how much money some of those people make?" I said, "For the threat, we're, ta- we're talking millions and millions of dollars a month, not even a year. Some of them are raking in millions of dollars a month." Yeah. And he said, "Why?" I said, "Well, I said some people make video." You know, like like short videos, or they'll make little projects about what they do day to day, or some of them just make stupid things that are aimed at kids, like challenges, yeah. or you know, oh, we can only eat green food for a day and stuff like that. I said, but some people corner the market for their area and they make a fortune, and, yeah, and it then exactly. led on to another discussion about okay. how I said to him, I said, look, Frank, I said you got to think. I said, when you were before, I said in the nineteen tens, there was no such job as a radio host. Like you didn't have like celebrity DJs or famous people you tuned into to listen to. The radio was there exactly, to just tell yeah. you what was happening. It didn't matter who was reading it. It could be Greg from down the street. Nobody cared. I said, but think about your lifetime when you were like, you know, in the seventies and the eighties, people like Mike Smith or Dave Lee Travis or people tuned in for yeah. them. I said it's like it's an evolution of that. But you just That's a really he, good analogy, actually. He struggled to get his head around it. Like, how can you be paid to put a picture on Twitter or Facebook and then people buy things because of that? Yeah. So <laughs> I just thought it was interesting, like, how some older people kind of get that view of the world, that that's not a yeah. job. Yeah. And I think it's... I mean, Go on, the, sorry, the Twitch thing, how, how I would put it is, you're watching, like, say say you're watching a TV show produced by one to a couple of people, and, and you really like it. Like, something like EastEnders, but it, it only features, like, one, maybe two people. Yeah. Uh, 
And instead of paying your licence fee, what you're doing is you're basically paying them directly, those actors or producers, £5 a month to go, you know what, I like this show, keep on making it. Yeah. That, that's basically what Twitch is, is you're just watching one person. They could be doing anything like crafts. Uh, like there's that famous New Zealand guy who does all the woodwork. Uh, yeah. There's obviously loads of people playing video games. There's people out there just doing soft porn, essentially, just hanging around in a bikini in a hot tub uh, and just flashing the boobs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> essentially, for £5 a month. So there's a wide range of stuff there. And and that's what I think the the is the natural evolution because the internet's come along and we've now got access to whatever you want. We're not limited to like three channels, two channels, four channels, however many. We then moved on to Sky and we could pay more money and we get loads of different stuff and it'd be very niche stuff, like a whole TV station dedicated to like trains, for example. And it's just got more and more niche because there's more and more people out there and more and more access to stuff. So, like me, I really like just watching people like me play video games. Like, curmudgeonly guys getting frustrated or just having it on in the background, like Radio 4 or something. I don't pay my TV license because I literally don't watch terrestrial TV. I haven't in several years. Because I watch this type of stuff because it more appeals to me. If BBC One had like a seven-hour stint of a, you know, a forty-three-year-old Canadian guy playing Minecraft, <laughs> it's completely straight. I would watch that. I pay my license fee. That's effectively what I'm doing if I pay a subscription. But the great thing is you don't need to. <laughs> you can just yeah, watch fair. them for free, as well. It's 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 an appreciation of what they do and recognition that. Actually, if you want to watch them do that all the time, that's their job now. And £5 for you might not be a lot, but when that adds up for them, that, that pays their monthly wage and they can carry on making that. But the influences, yeah, that that's where it gets a bit crazy because these people are, in my mind, they're just usually taking photos of themselves and that's it. Like, the traditional influencer to me is, like, some very young, very attractive uh, man or woman in stylish clothes, maybe, like, at a swimming pool or a beach or at a club, just taking lots of photos of them living that kind of social media exciting life. Uh, and then people follow that because some people have a sick obsession with that kind of thing and, and will just l enjoy these photos. And then just go, you know what, I'm enjoying that person. And when they start advertising stuff, then yeah, you're more likely to go and accept it. But that whole thing of like, yeah, D Danny Baker doing the Daz Doorstep Challenge, it's a very similar thing. It's just, it's on your social media feed, it's not in your uh, on your doorstep. So it's, it's there, it's even worse. You can tell Danny Baker to fuck off if you don't want Daz. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't easily just cut yourself off from social media in that way. And then the worst part of it is when people do it and it's not clearly marked as an advertisement. Like Gal Gadot, I, I followed her on Instagram for a while and I've recently unfollowed her because she does just market loads of stuff that I'm not interested in, like yeah. special mac and cheese or makeup products. <laughs> But they're not explicitly advert or shown to be an advert, which is what they are. 
and that annoys me because that that influence that she has can make people not realize they're just being marketed to and she's just in it for the money and she may not think it's the best mac and cheese she's ever had in real life she might think it's just adequate mac and cheese (laughs) and there are better ones out there but they're not the ones paying her to say that they're the best i think the issue is as well is that with all these kind of new phrases that come into the sort of local language like a phrase like an influencer it's been bastardized by people who are not influencers. I yes. believe there there are gen- like I said, like Kim Kardashian is a genuine influencer. Oh, Somebody yeah. like Justin Timberlake, Cristiano Ronaldo, Brad Pitt, like you say, Gal Gadot, they are mega famous. Whatever you want to class as fame, whatever you want to class as yeah. being famous to mean, like, like I said, but I, just they're not the, they're on. not famous for being influencers though. To me, no, that, no, but yes, that's what they, I mean. they influence, but that isn't their sole thing. They have yes. a fan base that they advertise to. No. So it's, it's like someone who's really, like like June Brown, who played Dot Cotton on, on EastEnders, appearing in an advert for a particular brand of cigarettes. People are going to go, oh, well, we know she is Dot, Dot Cotton. She isn't presenting this to us as Dot Cotton. I really like her stuff, but she is advertising this stuff. Maybe I'll pick it up because I respect the work she does. I like her portrayal of a laundrette lady. <laughs> and then take it from there. But to me, an influencer is that person whose sole thing that they are known for is having a social media presence. They're the yes. ones that annoy me. I won't necessarily kind of criticise a celebrity for looking at different revenue streams, you know, even though someone like Gal Gadot has appeared in absolute, like, million-dollar blockbusters and probably has a nice amount of money backed up for her, uh, put away to one side. If she wants to look at alternate revenue, that's fine, but... Those people who, I, I'm famous because I'm famous on Instagram or I'm famous on TikTok. And then they get they go into different areas from there. That, that grates with me a bit. I don't know why. I think it's probably my age and me being a bit of a curmudgeon. I don't mind. I don't mind that so much. I think my issue with people, what, what I was trying to get at was is that the term influencer has been bastardized by people who claim that they are and are not you you just i mean there will be some who have made money because they go on like say tiktok or whatever and sell something and it sells really well because of them but yeah i can't i can't even name this these people i know tenuously but i know people who say they are influencers and they are not they just put pictures of themselves <laughs> on instagram you're not an influencer. Sorry. Yes. You're just yeah. a person posting on Instagram. But there's that kind of, I'm actually an influencer. No, no, you're not. It's generally you know what it was. Well, it's like yeah. back in the Come 2000s, on. everyone said they were, they were DJs. No, you're not a DJ. <laughs> because no. you play, you know, because you play 12 records at the Dog and Duck on a Saturday night, you're not a DJ. There's maybe, <laughs> when you get to that point for me, for me, for me to say, yes, that person is this and this is the old man in me, you have to be successful at that. Carl Cox is a DJ. Fatboy Slim is a DJ. Yeah, you know, God name them all. Armand Van Helden, DJ. God is a DJ. Exactly. <laughs> Influencers. There are, like, there's a, oh, Sarah, what's her name? It's like Molly something. She was on one of those Love Island shows. She is now an influencer. 
because she has made yeah. a fortune off posting and selling things with her face on or her body or whatever on Instagram. She is now an influencer. Yeah. But before she went on to Love Island, she wasn't. She was just a girl posting pictures on Instagram. And that's it's like that to me. It's like it's like guys yeah. who play su- Sunday League footy saying they're a footballer. No, you're not, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you no. play Sunday you, League you've footy. Got a, you're a, you've got that as a hobby. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, a hobby. Yeah. That's what kind of gets me. There's a subreddit, actually, which covers that kind of thing. I think it's called Choosing Beggars. And basically, it, it's like people who own small businesses and things like that posting the conversations they have with this type of influencer. So the person who's got like maybe... One or two thousand followers on Instagram, which is very small potatoes when you look at like proper influencers. Oh yeah, saying to them, you know what? Can can you provide this to me for free? Like a stay at your your boutique hotel in Scotland, or uh, there was one I saw really today where it's one of these many many people who's got a small business of selling sweets, like big portions of pick and mix over TikTok, and it, they get an influencer saying, uh, oh. Can you uh, can you provide some free sweets for this charity raffle I'm doing? But it's not a charity. It's me trying to raise money so I can take my kids on holiday type of thing. And it's, it's people posting these absolutely insane requests and demands and begging that these influencers are asking for. Because all they're saying is, you give this to me, I'll post it on Instagram or TikTok or what have you, and... Therefore, people will see it. You'll get exposure, because as we know, exposure pays the bills, and <laughs> lots of people will see of course. this, and then you'll get an increase in business. And it's like, no, <laughs> they, they won't. That's never how it works, because you're not an actual influencer. If it was someone like Bella Porch, I think her name is, who's one of the top TikTokers, just for doing like 15 second videos of her like mouthing to a song, and is now like, she's insanely wealthy and well-known and has millions of followers, then yeah, she approached and said, actually, can I have some free sweets and I'll advertise it? Then yeah, go for it. That is good exposure. Agree. But yep. these majority people, they're not they're not influencers. They want to be. And it's it's sad seeing the impact that the negative impact that social media has on people in that sense, going I can do this, and I'm very well known for this, so you can do it too. No, you can't, love. You live in Wigan. You, you, you're not on. You're not on like the the Barbados seafront or something like that. You're not in Wigan. You know, you you need to kind of just just rope it in. All right, just stop posting pictures on Facebook. T- take a break. It is that kind of thing where it's people seeing other people being able to do it, jumping into it, and just assuming because they've made a little bit of headway that they can do it. Like me with my Twitch streaming. <laughs> I go in and go, yeah, I, I've i got like less than 100 people following me. I I don't think I'm a, a Twitch streamer, but I yeah. do it as a hobby. I do it because yes. it's fun and because I like talking to people while I play video games. That's all I do it for. Yeah, uh, we're not saying like, we're not podcasters. We have a podcast, exactly. but we're not podcasters. Exactly. There's maybe 25 in the world that are actually podcasters. There's not many, really. Exactly. You know, so... The other thing yeah, I wanted just, to mention to you... Just enjoy your normal oh, career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just, say, just have fun with your normal job and understand you have a hobby, not a second career. Yeah. And hey, if you can make a success of it, more power to you. Good for you. Yeah. If you can but do it and you can make a success won't. of it, 
well done. But yeah, but don't yeah. don't pigeon yourself into that. There are yeah. so many. Just quickly on the subject of podcasting, again, I can't say how I know this person. I, I know somebody who bought, I mean, like hundreds of pounds worth of recording equipment to start a podcast where they talked about their life. And I was That's thinking, crackers. That is insane. <laughs> Why? Nobody knows who you are. So when I was doing my other podcast about hockey, I mentioned this to my friend and he said, and he said to me, he said, yeah, but we're not anybody either. I said, no, I know that. I said, but we're A, we haven't spent hundreds of pounds. We bought a microphone. That's it. And we actually yeah. have a topic. We actually have a thread that we follow through our show. <laughs> exactly. So if you like hockey, exactly. you'll find this, this show. And, but, but no, but the same with this one. The point was, was that, we are three guys at three different stages of dad life. Exactly. We, we've got a theme for the show. There is a theme and for the show. And we may divert from that theme, but we're not just talking about ourselves. Oh, shit, we are. Dude, that, that is just... what we do. <laughs> but the theme isn't, this is my life. It's not an autobiographical thing. It yeah. just happens to be that because you can't avoid talking about being a parent without talking about what you do and yourself as a parent. Exactly. Uh, but if, yeah, have, if, he, if he was a mechanic... And he said, all right, I'm going to start a podcast about mechanics. I would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Cool. That's a market. Like, there's a, you know, there's a exactly. direction. But you can't just be recording a podcast and, oh, yeah, went to the shops and forgot the milk. The missus was in. I'm thinking, but he was talking. And here's what it was. He was talking about it like we said, like like he's an influencer, like this is going to be his career. I'm mm. thinking, dude, this is not. You need a thread of some kind to follow for people to go. Oh, actually, yeah, I'll check out a podcast about BMX racing or something because that's what I like. Yeah, exactly. you need something, not just your day to day routine. <laughs> <laughs> what crazy? Woke up at seven thirty, made a boiled egg, ate the egg. Yeah, was disappointed it was not toast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, mate. <laughs> I know. Just a shame. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention to you, which was super interesting, was oh, fucking hell, there's so many ma- names I can't mention on this, but <laughs> I was out before Christmas with, and I can't even say I'll just say it's somebody I know. Okay. We were talking about, we got into a discussion about trans and about people who don't want to identify as he or she or him or her and the whole yeah. discussion around sort of pansexualism, asexualism all that kind of thing. And to be, and they weren't being negative, but they were saying, "I have a real." This is what they said to me. They said, "I have a real struggle with understanding how you can refer to somebody as it and not him or her." And yeah. it was, again, for the record, this wasn't Sarah's dad, by the way. Just to, after the after what we said earlier, <laughs> although to be fair, I mean, he's an old guy. I'm sure he probably thinks the same thing. But it was very difficult to try and not convince them. But to make them understand that a label, like man or woman, is a label. Yeah. And you don't have to be man or woman. And I found it very interesting trying to, not again, not convince them. Because if that's the way, if that's the way they think, that's the way they think, I will try. But I'm not going to be, you know, screaming down at them because there's no point. I think it's up to sort of mine and your generation to be. I've mentioned this a million times. It's up to us to make it better for our kids. And we will, because there are still things happening now in regards to, you know, fucking ageism, sexism, racism, all that stuff that are terrible. But 
it's at least better than it was. It's yeah. not great. It's yeah. by no way great. It's so still supremely flawed, but it's at least better. There's a really there's a great Chris Rock joke about racism in America. And he says, you think things are bad now? He says, there's black men from the 1950s looking down now going, damn, those guys got it good. Exactly. <laughs> Which is true. Exactly. You know, and I tried to explain it. And I tried to explain it in a way that was, we're living, I believe now, that we're living through one of those cultural revolutions. And I made the point of... Imagine what it was like in the 20s, because I was, okay, I can at least say I was talking to a woman. Okay. I'll say, can you imagine what it was like, would have been like for you in the 20s? Like you couldn't vote, you couldn't have a bank account, you couldn't drive, you couldn't do anything. And when it was starting to be kind of, hang on a minute, women want to do what? Are you crazy? Exactly, yeah. And in the end, it worked. Fast forward to the 60s and the 70s. I'm sorry, black people want to do what? People from Pakistan want to do what? Like, no way. Like, no way. And then yeah. it got better again. Not great, but it got better. Then fast forward to the 80s and the 90s. Gay people, what? Are you kidding me? No, they can't yeah. do that. And it got better. And we're living through hours now with this idea that, yeah, but I don't want to be called a man or a woman. I just want to be a person. I'm not in love with men or women. I'm in love with people. Which exactly. to me, exactly. like, that's one of the most... like. If I can take anything from the generation that's now doing that, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, is that you don't love men or women. You love people. You find that thing inside somebody that makes you go, yeah, it doesn't kind of even matter what you look like. I love yeah. the inside of you, the, the beautiful person inside. That's what I love. And I thought it was great. And I kind of, my last point on it was to her, I said, to me, to, can you explain to me what man and woman means? And she had. She said, "I can't." I said, "Right." I said, "They're just words." Somebody, there was the first person, however long ago, said "man" and "woman," and we just went with yeah. it. Exactly. I said, "It's like I said, it's like borders of countries." I said, "In this, when I stand in this patch of grass, I'm in England. If I go ten yards that way into that patch of grass, I'm in Scotland. Why? Who says?" Yeah, it doesn't. It's still it, part it, of the same field. <laughs> it's the same field. Who says? There's an imaginary line there. Who says? Yeah, just kind of went. Oh yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. And I said, yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody. They they just love people. And if they want to be referred to as it, so what? Who cares? <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, the the I think initially that initial binary definition worked because i think it only discussed the the biological differences if you look at just the biological yes. differences then yeah you can use male and female in that sense but when it comes to your identity how you feel how you sit within the social constructs and the ideas around what it means to be male what it means to be female what is expected of you by other people when they understand what a male is, what a female is. That's what's being deconstructed at the, mo at the moment and, and has been for a while. And I've got to say, from my conversations with uh, Sophie, my eldest daughter, uh, who's, who is gay, she's out as gay, and she's only 13, and I think more power to her because, you know, she's made that decision. That is how she feels at the moment. Dude, I have Maybe no idea. Change, but I don't <laughs> think it will do. Yeah, yeah, she's gay. Uh, oh, and mate, that's amazing. Hey, exactly. wait, and sorry. 
fucking more power to yourself. <laughs> fucking good girl. No, fucking exactly. like have the balls to do it. And okay, but, the, but the, 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 you see, if the, if this the, was thirty years is, ago, exactly. Yeah, this was, yes, yes, exactly. Go on. The sorry. reason she is able to do that is because of that support network and that yes, okay, I understand how this works type of thing that is prevalent in secondary schools at the moment and in that younger generation. They have open like celebration of pride, gender diversity, biological diversity, sexuality diversity, and, and they understand and they teach about it. And there will be still some kids that age who are just against it because they're scared of the unknown or what have you, or and in different schools that will be represented in a different way. We're quite lucky with the school she's in, that it's treated very positively. You know, they have social clubs about it that the kids can all join and, you know, socialise and talk to people who are going through similar things. And to me, that is beautiful. That is exactly what I want to see for our society, is that this type of thing, this acceptance of other people, is just brought on at at that formative stage. You know, because back when we were in primary school, in the uh, kind of the mid to late 80s, uh, early 90s, we would tease each other, potentially not seriously, but tease each other by calling each other gay lord, and going, oh, you're gay. And that means you're different without fully understanding what it was. I cannot imagine anything like that taking place in schools these days no, because of that understanding all. of those changes in culture. And again, it's because of people like our age at the time just going, yeah, that's fine. We, we have been brought up in that society where it's fine to be gay. We're brought up with, you know, People around us openly being gay, famous people being gay, people talking about being gay, living through, you know, the the AIDS and HIV epidemic and gaining an understanding based on that. Uh, and then because that's become a bit more accepted with people who were our age at the time uh, and a bit older, that we then get programs like Queer as Folk, where it's a full exploration and a drama series featuring just gay men. And goes into like gay sexuality, gay sex. And you would watch it and no, you're not necessarily gay yourself, but then you would just go, oh, okay, that gives me a better understanding of that. And it helps you celebrate that and celebrate people who are like that. Like with my daughter being gay, I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. This is why I feel like I can talk about it so nonchalantly, but I know that if we were one generation back, that would be such a big thing. And there would be disappointment with the parents would be disappointed and maybe my daughter would have hidden that and gone into the closet until one day she was old enough where she felt she could get away with it. We we joke about it sometimes and like I'll I'll like rib her for going, oh, that's why you want to watch this show, is it? Because it's got a lady with big boobies in. And she'll get embarrassed <laughs> and laugh. But I, it would be the same joke I'd make with my son for watching the same thing. It's not yeah. necessarily based upon, aha, you're a lesbian. It's just, yeah, exactly. well, this is the type of thing you like. And I understand. Because <laughs> I swing that way as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it is just one of those things. She came out and was like, yeah, good for you. That's I know. Funny. I when we were talking to the people we were talking to, and Sarah was sat with us as well, 
and she yeah. was when we when we first sort of had Georgia and stuff, and we talked about because even talking about it, like you know, we we just discussed it in an open forum, and it was very, it wasn't even a thing. And Sarah said that I'm struggling now because I would feel that she would still be picked on or treated differently or whatever. And I said, yeah, yeah. She, maybe she would. I said, but if that's who she is, that's who she is, and it doesn't matter. It's up to exactly. us to give her that support network to to feel comfortable enough to do that. And I said that when I see those, it's so, like, it's really heartfelt and lovely. And you'll see those sort of posts that I've read on many forums I've been on over the years, talking about how young men or young girls sort of came out to their parents and how they were worried and their parents just kind of went, we don't care, we love you, we don't care, we just want you to be happy. Yeah. And I said, but to me there's still a slight tinge of sadness there that they feel they even have to come out. I don't this want... This is what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah like, I, Sophie my didn't dream... come out. She yes. Just, <laughs> we were just talking about it and I was like, oh, so you're gay then? And she went, yeah, I think so. And I went, yeah, fair enough. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. It's all you need. <laughs> my, just, my dream... Can my I dream for Georgia. You. I understand My dream you. for Georgia is if she is sexually attracted to women or if she's sexually attracted to... See, even I'm saying women, but if she's sexually attracted to females, that yeah. she will say to me when she's whatever age, am I okay to bring somebody around? And if I say yeah. to her, oh, do you mean like somebody you're attracted to? And she says, yeah. And I say, yeah, okay. And I hope she'll just, I hope she doesn't even mention if it's a girl or not. And if it's yeah. a girl, then she just brings them around. Like it's not even anything. Like it's, I want it to be so comfortable for her. She doesn't even have to mention it. And it's not yeah. even a thing. And that's that's like the ultimate sort of goal for me on that side of that is that if she and it's not even a kind of if it's a boy or a girl I don't care maybe she will be that way that she does find sort of both sets attractive and it she's and she's the same she is not attracted to sort of genders she's just attracted to people yeah and it might be by well, the time she she's twenty five she's had she relationships with men and women that's totally yeah. fine I it mean she may be fully asexual or aromantic or yeah you, know, you you don't know. It's just the yeah. fact that if you love your child, they are who they are. You've not done anything wrong, which I think is the uh, some people's kind of perception on it. Yeah, that used to be the prevailing thought, not wasn't it? The norm. Yeah, and that's fine that your child's not the norm because the norm is what it is, and there are other options, <laughs> I suppose. Not that you can choose, but there are other outcomes that your child can go down, other paths. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that gets me with this, because obviously I, I talked to Sophie's mum about it, and we got into the discussion of, like, what if one of our kids came out as trans or identified as a different gender and said they were trans? And I said, well, yeah, that's fine, because uh, they're still my kid, and I still love them. But she, her reaction actually quite surprised me, because I always thought she's quite liberal. And I don't know if it's more because she is the mother, so has a different bond with Sophie. But we were talking about what if Sophie came out as trans. And she actually said, I would be devastated. I, w I would be really, really upset because I will have lost my daughter. And I said to her, yeah, but you'll have gained a son. She went, well, I've already got one. And it's like, yeah, you <laughs> might already have two. Oh, you don't boring. know. <laughs> now I've got two of them. <laughs> exactly. But I said to you, you may already have two. You don't know. 
For all you know, she's always been a boy if she comes yeah. out as trans. It's not a recent thing. Yeah. But you, you will never have had a daughter in that sense. <laughs> Which is possibly not the right thing to have said. But she... Yeah, she, it, her reaction quite surprised me. And I'm not criticising her for that reaction because I can understand that. I can understand what that means to have lost a daughter is to have potentially lost like a grandchild or grandchildren. And those expectations of seeing your child as a bride, you know, walking down the aisle and all of the traditional things that as a parent you envisage you doing with your child when they're very young. Like I, I, with all my kids, I've got. I've always imagined, right? What's it going to be like when they have a kid? What's it going to be like when they get married? When they graduate? And they may do none of those things. None of them may do any of those things. It doesn't mean I can't imagine it because they're experiences I've gone through. So my child may go through those. So there's no harm in imagining it and then getting upset when you realise actually that's now potentially never going to happen. I, I've lost that that hope for this thing to have happened and all of the positive feelings that I would have felt for that being lost. But I suppose her point of view is mainly focused on that and not the positive sides of your child saying that to you, which is that they are comfortable enough with you and love you enough where they're going to come and talk to you about that and and not feel that they have to hide it and and feel that you are... <laughs> trustworthy enough as a parent to have those conversations with rather than them hiding this from you and just talking to their friends. That's yeah, exactly. the benefit of it is yeah. that you still got your child but they love you more or love you enough to tell you this stuff. A beautiful message. <laughs> it is. Thanks. A beautiful message to finish. Should we uh, have a question? or? Oh, ju just before we do, we do uh, one thing I wanted to raise because we were talking about the differences between... Uh, like how Santa is done. Oh yeah, Daisy has had her first visit from the Tooth Fairy. She lost oh, wow. her first tooth no uh, a couple of days ago. So while she was at her mum's, she's had a bottom two tooth quite wobbly, and she's actually had her big teeth grow behind them, and eventually one of them's come out. Oh wow! She got two quid from the fucking <laughs> Tooth Fairy. <laughs> two quid. In this day and age, with the cost of petrol and energy, as it is, her mum's given her two quid for a tooth. Dude, listen, And I'm, I'm a bit pissed off, because that's a lot of money for a tooth fairy to drop off. I tried to temper her expectations in the car today when we were talking about it and go, oh, well, when I was a kid, we used to get 20p, so that was like a tenth of what you had. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so maybe you'll get less, because it's not your first tooth if you just go other ones... Two pounds a lot. Like, how many teeth do they have at that age? How many milk teeth do they lose? It's got to be like, what, 20? 20 or so, I reckon. 22, something like that. I'm, I'm going to Google it because I want to know how much this is potentially going to cost me. A lot. Right. So, circling back right to the start of the show, because we're goddamn professionals and really good yeah. at this, talking about Georgia getting spoiled. So, Georgia's okay. third tooth. Yeah. So, we, 50, we did 50p, right? Okay. She goes down to she goes down to Sarah's mum and dad's the next day. They gave her a fiver. Like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> right? And then this this happened on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I went and saw my dad on Saturday and he gave her a fiver. I'm like, how has she got it's Saturday. It was four days ago. <laughs> Why are you giving 50? her a fiver now? 
fucking ten pound fifty for a tooth, and Jesus. every time she lost a tooth, she got. I mean, yeah, she made bank off her teeth. Ridiculous, just ridiculous. You know what? Five I'm quid. gonna put some teeth into your your dad. <laughs> See if he'll send me some money. Yeah, twenty milk tea. So this is potentially forty quid. This is costing us in the long run. Oh, Fuck Jesus. That. No, she she know. might get a pound. She might go right. That's your first one. Didn't know you'll get a pound, but I mean, she gets spoiled anyway. She gets her own way with everything, so I'm sure it'll be probably more. We'll we'll rise it through inflation if she carries on. Because her auntie, <laughs> yeah. she lost her last milk tooth when she was in her twenties, so it could be no. over a greater period of time if she takes over that part of the family. I would assume <laughs> if you lose your last milk tooth in your twenties, you get a deposit for a house or something under your pillow. I think you do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, get an icer. <laughs> Just a message. Uh, I've left you some money in some uh, in some mortgage bonds. Uh, you can yeah. catch the same one. You're thirty. Yeah. Oh, cheers to you. I've opened Good a job. Swiss bank account in your name. <laughs> There's an infrared message in your hip, like Jason Bourne. You got to get it out. Yeah, and then go on a killing spree. It's, it's actually an NFT of a picture of some teeth. A but picture of a tooth worth fifty thousand pounds. Fantastic. There we go. <laughs> Okay, okay. Right, let, let's do the advice. Let's do the advice. I know Benny's not here, but we may be able to uh, take it on. My 12-year-old daughter hit a 10-year-old girl after she caught the girl tripping up and kicking my 8-year-old son in the face. Should I still punish my daughter or let it slide? <sighs> so, 10-year-old girl basically physically bullying the son and the son's older sister, who's two years older than the actual bully... Hit her. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do you still punish her, or do you actually secretly give her high fives? <laughs> well, I wouldn't go high fives. Oh Did man, this is proper double-edged sword, isn't it? This is a proper. Y- y- oh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my immediate gut instinct, which is that girl is getting a reward. She is not getting any type of punishment. I am congratulating her for her action because she responded in kind to protect a member of her family. She saw that her brother was in a dangerous physical situation and she did... Obviously, we don't know the details. Maybe she actually, like, lamped her one and just knocked a spark out, like, straight away. Or it was like a slap and she just went, oh my god, I can't believe he slapped me and ran off. Or she proper laid into it and, you know, she was in, like... She was unconscious for a significant period of time. We yeah. don't know those details, but I'm imagining it's the girl goes up to her and just like slaps her and she walks away. No permanent damage or anything like that done. I think that that is deserving of a reward or at least certainly no punishment and a discussion about the appropriate use of force to defend yourself and other people. Uh, and that maybe that fit into the appropriate use of force. So well done. That's the thing for me. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go reward, but I also wouldn't go punishment. Yeah. I would sit the two girls down and say to the younger one, "This is how your brother feels when you do it to him." Maybe oh, now you'll understand. No, the the younger girl isn't related. The younger oh, girl not isn't related. In the oh, sorry. No, sorry. no, this is it. It's a twelve-year-old daughter caught this 10-year-old girl. It doesn't say she's related, so assume she's like a neighbourhood Oh, sorry. I, sorry, sorry. Okay, that's... Yeah. Oh, right then. Oh, 
yeah, no, no punishment at all. Yeah. No punishment at all is my great instinct. I I got into fights defending my cousin, like defending yes. him against bigger lads, and I would stand up for him and get into fights. And I never got told off or anything. There's a way to yeah, there's a way to do it, and there's a way to Yeah, there's a but, way to approach it without glorifying the use of violence. Yes. Yeah. The problem is as well, the problem is as well, is that this ten year old girl her parents might be complete nut jobs, and whatever happens, they will not believe <laughs> that their girl yeah. was bullying somebody, which I've also yeah, heard plenty true. of times before. Because, you know, oh, my daughter can do no wrong. And look, I don't think my daughter can do any wrong, but I also know that if she does anything wrong, I'll be fucking coming down on her like a sumo wrestler. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. But some parents aren't like that. So I still think it was probably, yeah, I, I think it's probably the right thing to do. Because yeah. you, you, as, my thing is, as long as you're justified. I've said this to Georgia before. If a boy is being mean to you in the playground and physically doing something and you kick him in the balls, I will come down yeah. to that school and defend you to the death. Exactly. Because That's a justified use of... Yes. Pro- it's a proportionate response, I think is the key phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Is, this was something similar was being done to me, so I did it back. And, and this happened to me, actually, in secondary school. I've gone into the fact that I was bullied at secondary school before. But this would have been about, what, year 9 or year 10. So I would have been around kind of between 13 and 15. And there was a girl in my class, and she didn't like me for whatever reason. And she came up to me while we were waiting to go into an IT class and just started slapping me around the face. Like, not particularly hard slaps, but just the type of ones you would give someone if you didn't like them. And she must have slapped me at least 15 times before I slapped her once back and she ran off crying. And I distinctly remember my IT teacher uh, at the time when we went into the class and he found out what had happened, taking me to one side and going, you never do that. You never hit a girl. Which to me is fucking bullshit because, yeah, I might be physically stronger than her. She might but have no, a knife, she, for fuck's sake, or a gun. Exactly. She hit <laughs> like what me I supposed to do? 15 Use times. Bad language? I only yeah. hit her once. So that ended me being hit, and she's all right. And she never hit me again. Uh, her boyfriend certainly did afterwards, but that, that's a different <laughs> thing. But I agree where if you are defending yourself... And you use a proportionate response. Like, I didn't knock her down and start lamping her or anything like that. Put an armbar. Yeah. <laughs> DDT. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was just something that ended the bad thing that was happening quite quickly. That's what you should be doing. That's what everyone should be doing. It's like these American schools or, or British schools where they've got a zero tolerance policy and the, the person who's being attacked and defends himself gets expelled or suspended just the same as the person who was actually attacking them. I don't agree with all of that. I do agree that defence is a viable option when it's physical. Yeah, I agree. And in this case, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. All right, there we go. Great question to end with. Thank you for listening, everybody. Love you lots. Anything from you, Adam? No, thank you very much for listening. Happy New Year. Let's make 2022 uh, a good one. I'm off to a bad start already. I've (laughs) scuffed this year by calling it 22. (laughs) No, it is still 22. It is 22. It is 22. Yeah, it's just 2022, not 1922. The bad 22. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. 
Don't, don't talk to me about 1522. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> that was a very yeah. bad 22. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, love you all. Thanks for listening. Toodaloo. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. <laughs>